0: values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. As always, it's uh, we appreciate you spending some time with the show. American politics has become more and more uh, fascinating to me um, because the... Um, It is more as an observer when you watch it like sports. It is fascinating the way the American people react. Now, it is my personal opinion that we need to make a different – we need to make some changes, but those changes aren't going to happen with the same electorate, which I'm a part of. Um, The same people vote for the same people. If you want to make real changes – and I mean this sincerely to anybody out there that's listening because you're compelled, because you are someone that's concerned with issues, you have very strong opinions, but you don't vote because you think the system is corrupt or what Whatever your reasons are, I would say to you that if you right now made the commitment along with everybody else that you're going to get involved, your voice would matter. And I think you would make changes because you don't have the same loyalties that the rest of us have. If you look inside the political parties, and I would venture to say it's probably the same for the Democrats like I know it is for the Republicans. The same people have been in charge for a very, very long time for the most part. The Republican Party in Arizona has a new chairman in Jeff DeWitt. Um And I you know I, I've known Jeff for a long time. Uh, I think Jeff's a great guy. I really do. I think he's brilliant. He's he's been around for a long time and hopefully he's going to make this a bigger tent. Um I haven't had any conversations with him to that end. But the idea that if you could, if you identify as we talk about being how you identify, if you say you're a Republican, you should be welcomed into the party. And if you have disagreements with other people in the party, you should not be told to get the hell out because people disagree with you. That's just my opinion. That's how you that's how you grow as a party. And that's the the um, the uh, job of the chairman is to grow the party, make money and grow the party. Uh, I say that because I think we need to uh, shift in the electorate. I think there should be voting drives. Whether people register as independent, Democrat or Republican, we need to see more people registered to vote. We don't have nearly enough people that are registered to vote, and we keep electing the same people. Look at the United States Congress. It is immensely unpopular. Let's talk about the House before we get to these Senate seats. When you look at the House of Representatives, it's immensely unpopular, and yet it is – Most likely, once you're elected, you'll be reelected. That's just how it works. Everybody likes their person. They just hate everybody else. We've got an issue, which we're going to talk more about, in a few minutes about the border and the border issue is becoming worse and worse and worse. Uh, there are places declaring states of emergency in order to prepare for the ending of Title 42. We are watching the policies of this administration wreak havoc. But we also understand that Congress hasn't acted on this in any significant way in a very, very, very long time. And yet the vast majority of America blames the federal government for the problem. But the problem is we don't hold them accountable. I I admit there are people that I like in the United States Congress. There are people that I have personal relationships with that I think are very good people. But if we are going to if you are going to be successful in any industry, friendships get set aside and it's about results and it's about which way you vote and who you bring with you and the issues that you're fighting for and the issues that you're making a priority. And there are political statements made. We understand that. But you've got to major in the majors. And wouldn't all of us, especially here in the state of Arizona, say that the border issue has got to be one of those big issues? When it comes to the United States Senate seat, I mentioned this earlier, and I think it's worth repeating. Um, there's a list of the top five um, projected, if, the, if these are the top five that have a chance of flipping, are most likely to flip. Doesn't mean they're more likely than not, but they are the most likely to flip. One of those is the seat held by Senator Kirsten Cinema. And it's fascinating because I I believe she taught the country a lesson, especially Democrats in Arizona, but the country a lesson and how to run for an office in the current political climate. She said she told she at the time she was a Democrat, but she said I am an independent. I am going to be truly independent. Incidentally, we heard that from the president. The president said I'm a Democrat, but I'm going to be a president for all Americans. And I don't think he's kept that promise. I don't. There isn't anything he's really done that's gone against what his party base would say, especially when it comes to the border and issues to, in that regard in any significant way. Um, he has not bucked the trend of what a classic Democrat does. He's Said he's going to be a president for all Americans, and then he bashes anybody that disagrees with him. Again, my opinion. But Senator Sinema did. She went against her party on a couple of key issues. And so much so that the Democratic Party in Arizona censured her. They told her they're going to boot her out during a primary. She, I, she then changed her affiliation from Democrat to now Independent and so there's going to be a Democrat challenger in Ruben Gallego, who is going to be a formidable opponent in Arizona. He's a popular guy. He's a military veteran. He's a Marine. Um, and so with the Democrats, they love him. So he's going to have the Democrat vote for the most part. And I don't know who the Republican candidate's going to be, but Senator Sinema taught the country a lesson in how to win an election. And now we're going to find out now whether she wins or not, we're going to learn moral lessons about the future of voting in America. And the reason why I say that is we see all of these people registering as independent. It is the fastest growing affiliation or non-affiliation, but voter demographic in Arizona. It's number one in Maricopa County. It's number two in the state by a very small margin. Republicans still hold a slight edge. But that number of independents is growing every day. Will she turn out enough independents? And depending on who the Republican candidate is, will some Republicans vote that independent side? Will there be some moderate Democrats who will vote for her instead of Ruben Gallego? Can she rally that independent base and win an election? And if she can and if she does, you're going to see a shift, I think, in the way people run for office because during a primary process in order to win and it's necessary to win you're in it to win and i think and i don't think that's a negative When you are running for an office, you are dragging your family into it and your friends. You are getting other people's money. They are donating to you, so you're responsible for spending other people's money. And so you have an obligation to those people to do your best to win the office. So during a primary process, you cater to the base. You want the base to vote for you. But in a general election, you have got to shift your focus now more than ever toward independent minds. And I believe that to be true. And your base has to understand that we speak a similar language within the Republican Party, in Republican circles. We speak a different language. We have a specific language that we understand. The Democrats do the same thing. Those are those keywords and catchphrases that everybody gets. But when you speak to the rest of the, uh, the electorate, you've got to broaden your vocabulary and how you speak and the issues that you speak about. And that's what Senator Sinema did when she ran for this office. Will that now carry her to another term if she decides to get in the race? I don't even think she's declared that she's in it yet. But it is a fascinating study in American politics, and Arizona is going to be at the center of it again. And we'll see moving forward. What we're going to do in a moment is talking about the defund the police movement, particular what it's been doing here in Arizona, but some examples around the country. It's coming up here in just a moment. and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Thanks for being here. Um, So much more to talk about on uh, all all these issues. Um, Unarmed security ambassadors can only watch as violence erupts in the streets. Uh, The sheriff's funding was cut from bad to worse. Student misbehavior rises further since the return of in-person classes. More people are getting away with murder. Unsolved killings reach a record high. We heard about the murder that happened in Texas. One of the things that's interesting that's been left out of this story largely by most media outlets about that killing in Texas, and I think it's, again, it's more of the politically correct road we're traveling. Down is that this person was in the country illegally and had been deported five times. That has got to play a role in the conversation, don't you think? but when we talk about violence um, I've do my i done my best you know I'm getting older now but when I was younger I didn't fear anything. I certainly was not Chuck Norris. I'm not a great fighter uh, but I wasn't afraid. I wasn't afraid of a confrontation and you know the older you get you think you know I'm not as young as I used to be and um, am I able to protect myself? Yes I am. Do I own firearms? Yes I do. In my home outside of my home do I carry firearms? Yes I do. Um, and self protection is something that I think is necessary. I think it is an obligation as much as it is a right but the other part of this conversation has to do with the fact that i don't want it to be um in my neighborhood yesterday, there was an issue between neighbors and uh, the police were called. It wasn't a violent thing, it, but it was between neighbors and the police came and they sorted it out. And that's, that's how we are supposed to live. If you've got an issue, you try to sort it out between the two of you rationally and, and peacefully. And if you can't, you call the police. You let them handle it. You don't let it escalate into an altercation. And uh, so that's the way it was handled yesterday. But we are seeing more and more as police are overwhelmed. Where these situations, thankfully, it was at a time where the police were able to respond and spend the time necessary to calm things down between neighbors. But what happens when they can't? What happens when more and more crimes are being committed? Murderers are getting away with murder. We are seeing, we have seen a shift in focus. This, This to me, and I know everybody has their different, the different things that they like to focus on. One of the things that I focus on is this idea that how much we respect law enforcement because we we have employed law enforcement officers to stand in the gap between good and evil. I was just at the 100 Club event uh, on Saturday night. They have a gala every year. And I got to sit at the table with Sheriff Lamb and his wife uh, from Pinal County. But uh, we also, they give out an award each year at the 100 Club dinner for a firefighter of the year and police officers of the year. And there were four officers that were honored uh, because of a situation that happened in Chandler that involved a shooting. And it was a horrible situation. But to hear stories of heroism, the, the MC that night. Uh, or I think he does it every year is Jason Schechterly If you don't know uh, Schechterle story, it's pretty remarkable. He was a police officer that was on his way to a, a call of a dead body uh, of a body that was found. And uh, he was rear ended his patrol car. His patrol car caught on fire and he was nearly burned to death. Had it not been a, that there was a fire truck at the same intersection as he was because they were going to the same call of a body um, that was able to put that fire out almost immediately. He would have perished, but he's been severely burned, um, and uh, all of his head, his, his hands, and he's lost fingers. But he has he returned to work. By the way, Let, let's let's start there. For a while, he went back on duty and was a homicide detective. Um, he is now a motivational speaker, and he was the MC to hear his story and watch the video of his story was pretty compelling. Um, I tell these stories because we hold them in high esteem. Because they do a job so that we don't have to, I do not want to live in the wild west, and i would I think I'm echoing the sentiment for the vast majority of gun owners in this country. Um, we don't want to use them in self defense, but we are feeling more and more compelled. Uh, if you look at the uh, the high the fastest growing I believe in recent study, and i don't know it may have changed, but in a recent study the fastest growing demographic of legal gun owners is black women. And... I think that's fantastic. I, I think the idea that people are understanding self-protection is a necessity and a right. But what we don't want is we don't want the Wild West. I don't want the shootout at the OK Corral. None of us do. We would much rather have an orderly system of prosecution, which we don't have. We don't have enough cops that can make enough arrests and enough prosecutors to prosecute the cases. We're looking at schools. And I, I talked about this at great length. And I'm, this is a sincere fear for me. Um, I fear for students and teachers in the city of Phoenix, the Phoenix Union High School District and their lack of of law enforcement officers and their lack of desire to put officers in a classroom or in on campuses is terrifying to me. And for a long time, we, we don't, we, I want you to ask yourself, if there were students in high schools, whether it was Phoenix or any other Valley City, if there were students that are bringing weapons to school, knives and guns, or guns or knives are being confiscated on campuses, wouldn't you want to know? Wouldn't that be a news story that you'd want to hear? If administrators are finding bags of fentanyl and turning fentanyl from campuses now, from their high school campuses, if there are bags of fentanyl being handed over to the police, wouldn't you want to know that? Don't you think that that's a newsworthy story, that if this was happening more and more as we hear the growing things that are going on in schools, wouldn't this be something you want exposed so you had the truth about how often this was happening? Maybe it's time for some parents to start asking questions of not just um, what's not just their school or their school board, but maybe we should start asking the media some questions about what they're covering and why and why not, what they're being told. Coming up in a moment, uh, gas prices are falling around the country, but they're high still here in Arizona. We're going to talk about the overall economy and another bank that went under. We'll talk about all of it next. Thanks so much for being here. Gonna make people angry again. My opinions on music tend to be polarizing. Um, Blondie, not a fan. Don't say that. Not a fan. Come on. Sorry, I knew I was going to upset someone. Not a fan. Jeff? Not crazy about it. Thank him. you. Thank you. You guys are out of your minds. All right. Just not just not my no, thing. No, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> just not my thing. That's all. Okay. I'm not I'm not hating. There are bands I will hate on. There are bands I just can't stand. <clears throat> Name a band that you change the channel whenever they come on. Oh. Is there one? Oh. That's a hard question. Not for me. I can tell you exactly which band Who? it is. Cranberries. Okay. Oi. That that yodeling that she did. (laughs) All right. Sorry. I'm getting booed now from the newsroom. Um, uh, And here's how much I used to talk about how much I disliked the Cranberries. The lead singer of the Cranberries passed away. I wasn't happy about it. I hate to see someone lose their life. People kept texting me like I'd be happy. Did you hear? And I'm like, I'm not happy that she died. I just didn't want her to sing anymore. That's all. Um, Anyway, uh, I apologize. Let me move on before I end up uh, in a lot of trouble. Um, Gas prices are falling around the country, but not in Arizona. We're still going in the opposite direction. There are a number of reasons for that. Um, None of them matter to the people that are paying higher prices. The, uh, the American economy is a weird thing, and who do you blame? Well, we always blame the people in charge, fair or unfair. Was the housing crisis in 08 George W. Bush's problem? Um, some people say partially, some people say completely. Was it? Probably not. All his fault. You know, probably not his fault. But isn't it fascinating that in that election year of 2008, the, and I think this was a brilliant move. I'm, this isn't a criticism. This is, was a great political move. Barack Obama as a candidate was able to hang the Bush economy around the neck of John McCain and saying you're going to get four more years of the same. And that's what partially, partially got him elected president of the United States. The Americans vote with their wallets largely. We are in a very difficult position financially. And there is a lot of people that are blaming this administration. Now, whether it's Russia and what we're seeing with the the war, and now we wonder what's going to happen with this big oil depot that was bombed over the weekend in Crimea, Um, what that's going to do to oil prices around the world. But in looking at the American economy, they hold the administrations largely responsible. The the policies on um, inflation alone – This president, through every one of his uh, spokespeople, were saying that transitory inflation, transitory inflation, that it wasn't going to be anything serious. It was going to go up for a very small time, a little bit, then it was going to drop. And that didn't happen. Then when that didn't happen, they didn't respond very quickly. And then what they did was blame. They blamed Russia. They blamed the war uh, for the food shortage. And are they right? Partially, of course, they are. But the American people vote with their wallets. And here in Arizona, we've got a couple of different things at play, and we can control some inflationary things. If you look at our – and this is – a, I, I think that if I were a candidate for office, I, I would get out of some of the conversations that happen. Um and what I mean by that is when you look at the policies that make a difference, you look at the pro business, small government, low tax policies that Arizona created. And when I say small government, I mean by easing regulation, by telling businesses we are going to allow you to flourish, that we are going to allow you to grow and do what you do best with a minimum amount of regulation. If you look around Arizona, we've intentionally grown. I keep using that word intentional. We have not not sacrificed quality. If you look at the how the grid setup of the of this state of especially the valley, the streets and how they're set up as a grid, a kind of a brilliant thing to begin with. But the way we've grown our freeways, the way we have reduced regulations, we haven't we haven't foregone quality, we haven't foregone safety, but what we've done is we have trusted the American workforce. The licensing issue, it's the same policy for big and small. For the individual that comes here and wants to go to work with their license, they can do that while they go through the licensing process in Arizona. It's a a small move but brilliant at the same time. Other states have adopted it. More school choice. I know that that's become a hot-button topic. But for people that feel that they are in a school district, whether it's failing or it isn't failing, where they're not being listened to, they're going other places. And it's going to affect in the long run is going to affect the school systems everywhere. I think school choice, just like having small businesses and small, I mean, small government when it comes to businesses is a great thing for everyone involved. I, I, I am – I know the government is necessary. I have a lot of friends that are in government. Uh, but the problem is for me we rely on them for far too much. We look to the government to solve far too many problems when the private sector does a much better job. And that is where I think if we focus on those things, when it comes to homelessness, when it comes to hunger, when it comes to those issues, the solutions in the private sector would work much better. That doesn't mean that it's not well-intentioned in the government. And when it comes to our economy, how much money we all pay over and above what you think. you know Everybody out there that has a cell phone, if you pay for your cell phone, if you've never gone through your cell phone bill, go through it. Go and look at the huge amount of fees and taxes you pay that pay for programs for other people to do things. Necessary? Maybe so. Efficient? I guarantee you they're not. And here we are at a time in our nation's economy where we are looking – most of the nation is facing – you know, a pretty significant—I'm guessing—a significant, I'm guessing a significant uh, recession is coming. Arizona is positioned to outlive that and to to uh, flourish during that because of the way we've prepared. When you look at how individuals, and you know, I'm one of the people that's not been very good at preparing in the past. So when everybody faces financial hardship, and we all do it one time or another, I learn the hard way that if you aren't preparing for those things, you suffer more. That there are times when people lose hours or lose a job or something happens and there's a great expense. If you're prepared for it, you survive it better. And we should be learning those lessons. At least I think we should be learning those lessons. Um, I want to talk about the political divide in America. This is going to be an interesting conversation. There is a new study out. Where do most Americans put the blame for the political divide in this country? I'm going to give you the answer to that poll coming up here in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, Suns playoff tickets are still the hottest ticket in town, and we're giving you a chance to register to win a pair of those tickets. We'll be calling out three names on Wednesday, one at 7 a, in the 7 a.m. hour, one in the 11 a.m. hour, and one in 4 p.m. hour. Someone's going to get a chance to see the Suns versus the uh, the uh, Denver Nuggets. Just text the word TICKET to 411923 923 It's TICKET to 411923 923 um... An interesting story uh, about um, who we are, American-fault news media for dividing the nation, according to the AP. Um, nearly three-quarters of U.S. adults say the news media is increasing political polarization in this country. And just under half say they have little or no trust in the media's ability to report the news fairly and accurately, according to a news survey. Um, the news riles people up, said a 53-year-old, a Democrat from Hutchinson, Kansas. They said that uh, she now does her own. Online research instead of going by what she sees on TV news. You're better off Googling something and learning about it. I trust the internet more than I do the TV. Now we all know. I think all of us know that you can't necessarily are going to. You're not going to find the truth there either. Sometimes, but it is about research. Now, um, I'm certainly not perfect. I'm not a journalist. I bring my biases into this show every day, and I tell you what they are. I tell you what my biases are ahead of time. I never want you to take my word for anything and just believe what I say out of hand. Do your own research. I firmly believe in all of that. I think it's the right, responsible thing for people to do. I am paid to give my opinion, and that's what I do. I take a news story, I take a news item, I take a big topic that's going on in the world, and I tell you what I think about it. That's what my job is. I work with journalists, and I can tell you this very honestly. The people that I work with in this building that are journalists are the best that the industry has to offer. They would rather be right than first. They will give you accurate information. And, you know, I don't always... You know, I don't know how they choose the topics they write about. I don't know how they t- choose the topics they cover, but I can tell you that when it's done, they have done a very good job of getting all of the information from as many sides of the conversation are available. We all know that that's not the way journalism runs everywhere all the time anymore. We do have access to better information. But about this political divide, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you an example of the political divide. Here's a headline from AZ Central. We can't talk to people with different opinions. No wonder why we're so lonely. Um, well, here's the headline. This is one of the biggest dividing issues in our country right now. Or I I shouldn't say our country, but definitely in this state. The Maricopa County Sheriff investigated explosive cartel bribery allegations, and that was made by a former legislator who brought in testimony, allowed testimony in a joint hearing of accusations of political leaders from both political parties in Arizona taking bribes from the cartels. So there was a. A a basic investigation done according to the sheriff, according to Sheriff Penzone, by his office, and they found no evidence that would warrant further investigation. And so with that in mind, I've had this conversation with so many in my party that are furious at me because I'm not buying into the stolen election theory that's out there. And you can't prove any of it. And as this goes on, as this conversation continues, my position hasn't changed. That you have to believe that far too many people are in on the conspiracy and able to keep that secret, which is almost impossible to even consider. There are people in this country that firmly believe that 9-11 was an inside job by the American government. Do you know how many thousands of people would have to be in on that conspiracy to keep that secret for this long? Similar to this, do people cheat? Yes, they cheat. Is there widespread fraud that stole the election? I don't believe that's true, and I don't believe that there has been any evidence that that shows that in every time this happens. So Sheriff Penzone is a Democrat, and so, of course, he's covering – so now he's part of it. The county attorney's office, in on it. Republicans on the county board of supervisors, they have to be in on it. The county recorder, he has to be in on it and countless other people. The reason why I bring this up is because I have had conversations with people that absolutely unequivocally disagree with me on this issue. We've maintained rapport. We've maintained relationships. We've maintained friendships on this, at least to each other's face. And I mean it sincerely. I don't know what they say when I'm not around. But that's where we're supposed to be in this country. We are supposed to be able to disagree. My friend uh, Seth growing up, we grew up together. He was my first friend when I moved to Florida in 1977, I believe it was. We're still friends today. He is one of the most liberal people I've ever met in my entire life. We love each other. But we've got that foundation of friendship for years and years and years that we can get past our political differences. I mean, I know people that won't marry somebody because they're a fan of the wrong football team. We know those people exist. But this bigger issue is about the American media when money takes the place of the truth. And what I mean by that is you have an audience. Your audience has an expectation of the stories you're going to cover and the angle you're going to cover those stories from. And if there's any deviation from that, you're afraid you'll lose your viewer base or listener base. And so, therefore, you toe the line and you do it over and over again. And if you think it's only Fox News and it only happened, you're, you're wrong and you know you're wrong. There is no deviation. And when anybody tries, they seem to lose viewers. So what is most important in journalism? And I'm telling you, I work around people where it's integrity and the truth. And it served them well. You know, we have, um, and I'm not bragging about myself here, but if you go and look at KTAR.com, the web hits are through the roof. It is a trusted news source, and they've worked very hard for that. But there are a lot of places out there that it's more about you know what your audience wants, so you give them that but is that really what people want? If you were going to, if you went to a news source that was, you know, for the most part, largely one side of the political aisle or the other, and then they posted stories that criticized that side of the aisle, would you abandon that website? And that's what people are concerned about. And I just think the American people want the truth, and they'll figure out which side to choose on their own. And I hope we get back to it coming up just after 11 o'clock. We are going to talk about the border issue, where the blame lies and how bad is this going to get? It's a big topic next.